Good to be with you, IPC. Uh, we continue our meditation now on the Father's 10 Good Words, and we're primarily in Exodus chapter 20. And today we have the third good word from our loving Heavenly Father. Verse 7 says this, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. The name of the Lord your God. Do you want to know what has been the biggest surprise for me and my family during this coronavirus season of lockdown? It's this. We are playing basketball, like as a family. And this is surprising to us because I won't tell you which two out of the five of us, but two out of the five of us are not really good historically with any sports that involve balls that are moving in any way, right? And yet, since my oldest boy is now taller than me, and my other two boys have tons of expendable energy. Even Ellie has decided that she thinks basketball just about every day is a good idea for our family. And that doesn't mean, of course, that we're not watching Netflix like you all. We are. Uh, in fact, we've been watching a Netflix series on the famous basketball player Michael Jordan. And of course, as we've watched this documentary about sports people, I've had to remind our boys there are four-letter words that they are saying that you are not allowed to say, boys. Do you understand? You can't cuss just because these basketball players cuss. That brings us to our third word, the Ten Commandments. Third commandment, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. What's this all about? Is this the commandment about cussing? Is this about bad language? Is this commandment about maybe saying the word God in inappropriate ways? You know, you know what actually really concerns me about the Michael Jordan documentary as we watch it as a family bit by bit? It's not really the four-letter words that the players are saying. Those aren't so good. But it's something else. Uh, back in the late 90s, Gatorade, the sports energy drink, came out with TV advertisements with Jordan in them. And there's kids following around Michael Jordan and they're, he's dribbling a basketball and they're dribbling a basketball right behind him. He's take, making these basketball moves and they're making these moves in imitation of him. And then there's this cute song that's going on, right? This jingle, like Mike, like Mike, I want to be like Mike. I want to be, I want to be like Mike. And then they say, of course, be like Mike, drink Gatorade. Now, my worry isn't that the kids will, you know, develop an addiction to Gatorade. Here's my thing. The Mike, the Michael Jordan that is emerging from this documentary, he seems to have one big flaw. Michael Jordan is obsessed with one thing, and that is making a name for himself. To be like Mike, as Gatorade is encouraging all these kids to do, is, it seems like, to be obsessed with making yourself famous, no matter what the cost might be. And in this documentary, we're finding out that Jordan had kind of a weird relationship with his father. He always felt like he had to prove himself worthy of his father's name. In order to gain dad's love and respect, he had to be the better Jordan among all of his siblings. 
better than his brother. And even now, as he's being interviewed as a 57-year-old man, it's weird because it doesn't really seem like he understands how messed up this prove yourself to earn your father's love obsession of his really was. My dad didn't actually put this kind of awful pressure on me. I also grew up with a lot of privilege that Jordan didn't grow up with. I didn't have to earn anyone's love and respect. And so I'm not here to beat up on Jordan. I'm certainly not here to make a review out of my sermon about this documentary. The point is I didn't have those kinds of pressures on me. I wasn't in Jordan's situation. In fact, you know what my father did say to me all the time? I've shared this with some of you before. I'm about to leave the house. I'm about to go be with my friends, to go to a party. Maybe I'm about to go to baseball practice or something. And dad says, remember, son, you're a stager. It's like, yeah, dad, I'm a stager. I know. But dad was saying this. He was saying, I love you, kid. I love you so much. And in fact, I trust you to go out into the world and to take our family name with you. And I trust that when you come back, the car that I'm letting you borrow is going to be in better shape than when you left. And I'm also trusting you that the family name is going to be in better shape when you come back than when you left. Friends, the third good word here is not so much about potty mouth language. It's not even so much about misspeaking or misusing the name of God. In fact, the English translations are not really very helpful here. And scholarship has shown that actually this phrase, the King James originally said, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, or as the NIV has it, misuse the name of the Lord your God. Take in Hebrew is actually better translated bear. Don't carry or bear, or if you like, don't wear the name of God lightly, irreverently. So when my dad said, don't forget that you're a stager, of course, he didn't mean, you know, when you get to this party, son, be really careful not to use the word stager in a casual way. That wasn't the point, right? And he didn't mean that, you know, like, if you bang your elbow on something and it really hurts, don't just yell, oh, stager. That's not the point. He meant go to the party and bear the family name. And bear it in a way that brings the name honor instead of shame. And you know what else? My dad wasn't trying to make a name for himself. He wasn't even trying to make a name for us as a family. He was actually looking for something else and something that's, in fact, even better. Exodus is about God calling Israel and calling them to go out among the nations and to bear his name honorably. Think about Jesus at the end of Matthew's gospel. He says, go into all the nations and baptize them in God's name, Father, Son, and Spirit. God tells ancient Israel, you're going to go through the wilderness, and I am going to be with you as you go into the land of promise. Jesus says, go into all those nations. It might feel like a wilderness at times, but I will be with you even to the end of the age. So I was my dad's firstborn son, still am, as far as I know, and my dad was actually delighted to give me his son the family name. 
It was his joy to give me this privilege. It was his delight also to give me all the responsibilities, as much as I didn't like them, that came with this privilege. And it's as if he loved to include me in the family business. And the family business was simple. It was just love God and love your neighbor. And this is what God is doing himself with his people. If we think back to Exodus chapter 3, when God first says, Moses, I'm going to take this people out of Egypt, and you're going to be my man to make it happen. Moses, you're going to go and confront Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You're going to say, let my people go. But Moses says to God, he says, you know, God, Pharaoh is going to want to know by whose authority I'm saying, let this nation go. The people of Israel, for that matter, are going to want to know who's sending you on this crazy rescue mission. People are going to want me to name names. So do you have a name, at least, that I can give them? Tell them who sent me? And so that's when God puts his name, his personal name, out there. And upon Moses, he says, here's my name. It's Yahweh. It's I am. And so down through the ages, that was God's personal name. And even the Jews, uh, for many centuries, avoided using this name. They thought that, you know, by not saying God's name, we would hold it in greater reverence, and we'd avoid breaking the third commandment, for that matter. And so, by the time Jesus comes around, the Jewish people were used to making promises and oaths, and they would want to swear by something. So, instead of swearing by God's name, they would swear by heaven, or by earth, or something like that. And Jesus says, Come on, you're just making a euphemism. You're just swearing by my father's name. Just do what you say you're going to do and let that be enough because you already bear my name. So we can't just be silent, though. The third word isn't encouraging us to just, shh, don't say my name. That's not the point. It's not an avoidance command. But it's actually a positive command to call us to speak and to act. It's actually a missional command. Go on God's mission among the nations. Bear his name. Bear his character, his loving kindness, his saving goodness. Bear the very fact that he's different and do that wherever you go. So the question is, let's have a little status update. How are we doing with this mission of bearing God's name among the nations? Well, if we go back to the beginning, this was Adam's original mission, to bear God's name and character, and as you know, that didn't go super well. Moses, like we said, is the first person who gets God's personal name, Yahweh, and how's Moses do? Actually, Moses, sort of Adam 2.0, he's doing a pretty good job, and he does a good job all the way through most of the book of Exodus, but then I think it's chapter 33, um, actually no, it's Numbers chapter 20. When he leads the people of Israel out of Egypt, they begin to complain about, we're in the desert, and what are we going to drink? There's nothing. We're thirsty. And so he and Aaron go to the tabernacle where God's holy presence dwells, and they go to ask for help, and they bow down on their faces in front of God's presence. And then God's radiant glory fills the place. They have an amazing experience with God. They know that God is with them. And so Yahweh, their God, gives Moses instructions. I want you to get the people who are thirsty together. And while they're listening, I want you to speak to that rock over there. And when you speak to that rock, I want you to tell the rock to shoot out water like it was a fresh spring. 
Show the people, in other words, that I've heard their cries, that I'm listening. Show them that I'm different than all the other gods, that I can quench their thirst even. God gave Moses the power and authority to provide water for these thirsty people and to do it in God's name. How did Moses do with that assignment? Well, after being in God's presence, he comes out, he gathers the people, and then he yells at them, you rebels. He calls them names. And he says, what do you want me to do after all, people? You want me to bring water out of this rock for you? As if to say, watch me, I'll do it. And then he doesn't speak to the rock like he's supposed to, but he smacks the rock with anger with his staff. What happens? Well, the water comes out. God still loves his people and wants to quench their thirst. And the people drink and they're satisfied. But what else happens? Well, God calls Moses aside and he says, Moses, you did not honor me. You did not keep my name holy, set apart, different, good in the eyes and in the ears of my people. Deuteronomy 32, when Moses is about to die, he learns again why he can't go into the promised land. You did not uphold or bear my holiness in the eyes of Israel, God says. You came into my presence You bowed your faces to the ground, you saw my glory, but then you got up and you carried my name with you and you did not show the people that I'm different. They think because of what you said and did that I'm just the same as an angry, frustrated leader might be. That I'm just like these other temperamental, cranky gods that the nations around you serve. And so if you, Moses, the ruler of Israel, if you can't bear my name in front of the people of Israel then how are you going to lead Israel to bear my name in front of the rest of the nations? How can I bless Israel in order to make them a blessing to all the nations if you, Israel's leader, are going out and you're cursing my people whom I love and doing it in my name? And after all, you know who Moses was really concerned about that day. He was concerned not about God's name, but about himself and about his name, about the dishonor that he felt as people complained to him. And he was doing what we all do from time to time, trying to make a name for himself instead of trusting God and bearing God's name humbly. Command is treasure my name as holy, as beautiful, as wonderful, and do it out there among the nations. Adam failed, Moses failed, ultimately Israel failed, But good news, then comes somebody who doesn't fail. Then comes Jesus. I said before, Michael Jordan had to earn his father's love and respect by making a name for himself. Well, Jesus is a little bit different here. Jesus comes, and guess what? He is perfectly content to simply go into the family business, to represent his father, to enjoy his father's smile on his life's work, as he speaks and as he does everything that the Father shows him to do. And from the moment that God called Jesus, his son, up out of Egypt, where he was hiding as a little boy, all the way to the moment where his boy, now a man, goes to Calvary and he lays down his life for his friends. You know what Jesus was up to? He was making God's name known as different, set apart, and awesome 
among the nations. You know, when Israel got the law, we would think, oh man, more law. Where's the grace? We've been in slavery all this time. This is such a burden. But that's not what Israel thought. They said to each other, this is a great privilege. They thought these other nations are going to be jealous that we have God's law and his precepts. Jealous that we have a God whose heart is so good and true and beautiful as reflected in these laws. Jealous that the true God would actually come and pick us, this tiny little nation, to bear his name. But when Jesus comes around, Jesus who fulfills God's law, who fills, fulfills even this third good word from the Ten Commandments, he comes bearing God's name so perfectly in all that he thinks and says and does. And then he gives all the nations what they've desired all those years, they get to have Israel's God by faith as their own God. I like to joke from time to time, and it's kind of a joke and kind of true, that someday probably most of my boys are going to need plenty of counseling. <laughs> They're going to need to recover from me being their dad when they get older, right? And this is not just because they're pastor's kids although that's tough. This is not just because I dragged them all over planet Earth and brought them by the scruff of the neck throughout the nations uh, while they were trying to grow up and have a normal life. <laughs> but it's because, of course, they've had me as their dad, right? They've had a weirdo, and they've had certainly a sinner as their dad. I'm trying to simplify this fatherhood thing a little bit. I just want a couple of things. I want to make sure that I get these things right as dad. I wanna make sure the boys know that I love them. I want them to know that even though I didn't choose them, <laughs> that I would have chosen them. I want them to know that I'm committed to helping them become the people that God has designed them to be. And I don't want them to worry about making a name for themselves. I don't even want them to worry about making dad proud, so to speak. I just want them to discover God's power and, and God's love for them and then I want them to take that love and serve the people around them in God's name with that love and power. And so I just want them to bear their humanity well, and I want them to bear God's name well. And they're not always going to do it. And you and I are not always going to bear God's name well either. In fact, I realized last Sunday that offhandedly in my illustration, I might have made it sound like God is the kind of jealous God who's sort of like a 13-year-old boy is jealous over his girlfriend. And that's not a good way to bear God's name. I'm sorry for that, by the way. I've gone into the world. I've gone among the nations. And from time to time, I've tried to make a name for myself. I've taken my family among the nations. And sometimes, you know, I've just wanted those kids to behave so that I would look good. I've wanted to make my name known. I haven't wanted to imitate my father's love for me by simply loving my kids, serving my family. We all fail in many ways, no doubt about it. And that's no excuse. It's not okay just because others do it to ignore and to break the third good word. But the good news is that we have God's own son, Jesus. Jesus, who teaches us how to get this business right of bearing God's name when he teaches us to pray. Think about the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says, I want you to pray, Father, forgive us our sins, and we'll forgive others. And you know what? Jesus does forgive our sins. 
Jesus says, pray and pray calling God by this name, Father. Jesus teaches us. Pray and actually, here's what your first request should be, your first prayer request. Hallowed be thy name, which is a weird English way of saying, I want you to tell your father and mine, Father, may your name be so treasured and loved and savored everywhere I go because of the way that I've learned from my master to treasure it, to love it, to savor it. You know what else he's teaching us in this prayer? That he's going to forgive our sins and failures. That he left his father's home to come to us, to come in human flesh, and that now he's going to return to his father. And Jesus is saying, you know, when I've left, but when I go home to my father, my father's name and my father's world are going to be better off than when I left. And that he's going to help us become the kind of people who bear his father's name among the nations so that everyone knows that his father, that our father, is so different than anyone might expect. So good and so gracious and so glorious. And so may he be so glorious in your eyes and in my eyes and in the eyes of our church, IPC, that we begin to consider it our greatest privilege to bear his name. You me, and us together as the church, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Father, help us to bear your name as Jesus first bore it. And we're so thankful for him, and we pray in his name. Amen.